Thank you, Mark and Desiree. If you have your Bibles, turn this morning to Luke chapter 13. I pray that you are uh, getting your heart and mind settled into the Lent season. I pray that you have found something to fast and that you are doing that. And I pray that you are allowing that fast and the pain from whatever that is that you are fasting to drive you to God. Let it remind you uh, of what you're praying for and what... uh, and listening to what God wants to speak into your life. So let's, uh, let's stand this morning, honor God's word. We're going to be in Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. And this is Jesus speaking. And, and uh, as I was thinking about this, there really isn't a whole lot, well, there really isn't anything I can add to this because Jesus said it. So I want you this morning, as we're, as we're here this morning, I want you to hear Jesus' heart here and what he's trying to say here. Uh, it's almost, especially in this first part, he knows what the kingdom of God looks like. There's nobody on earth that knows what the kingdom of God looks like more than this guy does. He knows it. And uh, he's trying to figure out How do I explain that to you? And I'm going to tell you, that's where I have been this week. I've I've read this, and and the kingdom of God has been on my mind, and and I'm just like, how do I I say this? And Jesus, Jesus was the greatest preacher that ever was. And you can see him here in his heart. He wants them so much to understand what he's talking about here, and he's like, it's almost more than I can come up with words and this was this was the son of god and it was so great and so awesome he said what can what can i compare this to the kingdom of god what what can i compare this to how can i how can i take this and give it to you in a place where you can understand it and it's speaking to your life and so i see him here and i see it's almost it's he's just i want you to know this so much I want you to understand this so much. And as I was preparing this week, I, was, I, I, I feel like I felt this way. I want you to understand this so much. But I don't have any words. If Jesus is going to have a hard time coming up with words, I sure am. So I'm just going to say what Jesus said. And uh, the Holy Spirit will speak and we'll trust him in that. Then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds of the air perched in its branches. Again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It was so awesome. He was like, what, how can I say this? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. Let's pray. Father, today... You talked about the kingdom of God a lot, and it is important. As you were on your way to your cross, you just kept talking about kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. Until you got to the place where you were just like, how do I even explain this? And Father, today, your words back then are the right words for today. And so, Father, I just pray that you would just speak again like you did there. 
I pray that you would speak into our hearts and help us to hear. Open our eyes, God, and help us to see. Open the eyes of our hearts today, Lord. Help us to see and hear, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. I looked in two or three different places on the Google to figure out how many times the kingdom of God is mentioned. And I got two or three different answers. One of them said 126 times, and one of them said 147 times in just the New Testament. So just in the New Testament, which is about is is written about there's just a little bit of it that's written about Jesus when he was a kid, but most of the New Testament is the three years that Jesus was preaching. So in his preaching, he mentions the kingdom of God 147 times in three years. If he was preaching a sermon once a Sunday, when he wasn't on Sunday, but let's just think about that. If he was preaching a sermon once a week, he would have preached almost every week, at least once, on the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not saying that's what he did, but within within three years of his ministry, 147 times he mentions the kingdom of God. I think it's pretty significant. When he says, this is how you should pray, the first thing he says, you need to go to God and say, you are the provider of everything. You're the greatest thing that ever was. I can't do anything without you. I have to recognize you as God Almighty, that you are the greatest, the most awesome, everything that ever was, and I am not, and I just cannot even take another breath without you. And that's the first thing that he says to do. That's why I had Luke read that this morning. The first thing that he says to do is you have to acknowledge God. The second thing that he puts in there is pray that the kingdom of God would come. Pray for the kingdom of God to be in your life. That is the first thing that we're supposed to ask for. The first thing we do is acknowledge God. The first thing we're supposed to ask for is kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is important. As we head to the cross, this was an issue that was the kingdom. The kingdom of God was something that Jesus spoke about lots of times. 56 times in the book of Matthew alone. 56 times he mentions the kingdom of God. And we have to understand this morning that these are the words of Jesus. These are Jesus' words into their life. They are Jesus' words into our life today. And we need to hold in high regard what Jesus says. And he says the kingdom of God is important. And understanding the concept of the kingdom of God is important. So there's lots of uh, definitions about what the kingdom of God means. And I think it's, to me, it's pretty simple, but it's kind of complicated too. But mainly it means coming under authority. Kingdom is always about authority. If you have a king, in a, like in a country, if you have a king, everybody's under his authority. And so Jesus is talking about kingship And he says, the kingdom of God. And so God is the king and everybody comes under his authority. And it's about us bringing our lives, the way we live, the things we do, everything we do comes under his authority. That's what the kingdom of God is. But then he starts explaining it and talks about that. And if you talk, if you read through scriptures, there were lots of people coming to Jesus and go, what's the kingdom of God like? What's the kingdom of God like? What's the kingdom of God like? You know, so it was on people's minds all the time. What's the kingdom of God like? And some of them were just wanting Jesus to say, well, you're doing a good job. But some of them really wanted to know what the kingdom of God was like. Some of them were doing righteous things, and they thought that's what the kingdom of God was. They thought the kingdom of God was, if I go to synagogue, and if I take part in all of the festivals, and if I do all the things that I'm supposed to do as a good Jew, that's the kingdom of God. I'm doing what he commands, 
And on these days in my life, I do these things. And, and on, on this day, this day, part of this day, I do these things. And so I give those things to him. So I'm coming under his authority. I'm coming under his kingdomship. But I have to think in my mind, why did they ask him so much? Because there's, some, there's something in them that is saying, I'm doing all these things, but I still wonder if I'm doing enough. When Luke was in, and I probably ought to let him share this, but when he was in uh, Africa, one day I was talking to him on, on the WhatsApp deal, and he was talking about, he was talking to a guy who was Muslim. And uh, he, in, where he was at, if you were, you couldn't talk to him, you couldn't try to witness to him if they were under 18 or something right is that right or whatever this guy was older than that Luke said so I was trying to he said he said I was trying to convert him and he said I'm pretty sure he was trying to convert me so you've got a Muslim trying to convert a Christian and a Christian trying to convert a Muslim and they had this great talk you know Luke Luke loved it and I think the guy liked it too and Luke asked him a question he says when do you know that you've done enough and the guy goes you never know you never know. And Luke goes, oh, I know. He goes, it's already done. He said, I've got this peace in my heart. He said, I know, I know that right now, if something happens to me, I am right with God. And I'm kind of paraphrasing. Tell me if I'm wrong, Luke. But tell me afterwards because I, I, I don't want them to know. But he said, that would be wonderful, didn't he, to know. That would be great to know. Wouldn't that be great? He said, he said, that would be great to know. And Luke was like, well, I know. I know. But I think these guys are coming to Jesus, and, and they're doing all this stuff. They're, it'd be like us. We're going to church. We're singing the songs. We're giving in the offering. We go to Sunday school. We come on Wednesday night. We go to camp. We do all these things. And then it'd be like us coming and going, am I, am I, am I doing enough? Is, is this the kingdom? Is this what the kingdom of God is like? And they're asking. And they've asked him so much that Jesus is like, how do I keep explaining? I mean, he's, he's, he's searching for words here. And, they have, and they're doing these things that appear righteousness, like it's righteous. But they don't have this relationship with God. Their relationship was not based on a real relationship, but it was like... It was like uh, that they carried a card with them. And are you are you are you a are you a, are you under God's kingship? Well, yes, I am. And here's my you know here's my card. It'd be like wearing a ring, but not even and being married, but you didn't really like the lady you were married to. Yeah, we're married. Uh, you know. If I what what if I came to someone and goes, what's it like to be married? Well, you you are married. I eh, know, but am I doing it right? Because it just doesn't seem like it's going all that well. You know, I've got the ring. You know, but. And it was like that. They were wearing the ring, but they were like, is this, really, is this really all there is to it? Because it just doesn't seem so great. And so they come to Jesus, and, he, and it, was like an, it was an ID cl- card or like maybe a club membership. It was based on all this ritual and all these things that they had to do, and they had to do all the feast and do everything kosher. And, so it, and, they, and they were wondering, is, is, is this the kingdom of God? What is, it, what is this like? When we were in Israel this past fall, we had a, a, our guide, and he was Jewish. He was Jewish. And he said, and, we, and I said, are you a Jewish believer? And he goes, oh, no, you know, because I was, I, was, I was under the pressure that he was supposed to be a Christian, but he wasn't. He, he, said, he said, oh, I believe in God. He said, I'm a secular Jew. 
And I was, you know, he was, and he was fantastic. I mean, he was absolutely fantastic, and I love him. And I said, a secular Jew, I said, and, he, and you could talk to him about anything. I mean, he was so cool because you could have a great conversation with him, and there was nothing off limits, you know. He would talk about anything. I said, what is a secular Jew? I said, what does that mean? He goes, well, there's some things about the Jewish customs that I like to do. And he said, I just do them. And he said, and all the rest of them? <laughs> I said, so you're an American Christian. I really like Easter, and I really like Christmas, and I like going to church every now and then. And when I get married, I'll show up, and that'll be. And so on Friday night, he said, oh, we have this, we have this special time that we're going to have together. And he comes in, and he has not been Jewish all week. I mean, he, he's Jewish, but he's not been Jewish all week. He, he doesn't talk about God as his personal, you know, someone that he serves or anything like that. But on Friday night, we all get together. He puts on his little beanie. He says, I want to give, give the blessing. He said, I, he said, we always do this on Friday night. He said, this is one of the things I like to do. And I was like, okay. It seems so meaningless to me. I mean, for him, it was, it was one of those things. I, and he said, I mean, he just said flat out, he said, there's some Jewish things I like to do. And he said, and the rest of them I don't want to do. He said, I'm a secular Jew. And, and I think we have secular Christians. And uh, we, we just take the activities or the things. Uh, we have enough Christianity in our life to give us, maybe to help us with our conscience or to be able to say that I go to church or I help people or whatever thing, whatever that is. And there are lots of people, listen to me this morning. There are lots of people with Jesus in their life. It's there. God was in this guy's life. Every Friday he comes and he has a blessing and 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 God was a little part of his life. And then after Friday, it was till whatever festival or feast he wanted to do. And we're kind of that way too. But you know what? We got lots of things in our life. We have work in our lives. And it's mixed in there. We've got hobbies. We've got people in our lives. We've got relationships. We've got entertainment. We've got things like that. There's a lot of things in our life. But when Jesus talks about kingdom, when he starts talking about the kingdom of God, he doesn't talk about kingdom being part of your life. He doesn't talk about kingdom being in your life. He doesn't talk about it that at all. He doesn't have that kind of verbiage or anything like that. That's not the, 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 uh, that's not the explanation that he gives like, like that. Uh, the man he is talking about has seed in his life he has some seed i went to the store and I, I bought some seed and this is not mustard seed it's just seed corn seed because i thought maybe i might plant some later sweet corn because i really like sweet corn my little granddaughter was over at my house the other night and and cindy had made this big old thing of corn and she said uh kendra do you want some corn kendra goes I just like corn on the cob. And I was like, yeah, me too. But you're not going to eat this? No. She wants it right off the cob. And I don't blame her. That's the best kind. But Nanny didn't have none on the cob. We just had this. But this guy, he had some seed. He had it. He had it in his life. 
took it in his pocket, carried it around, had seed. Maybe he had it up on the shelf in his house or whatever. He had some seed in his life. He had the packet of it. And then he goes and he talks about, and Jesus talks about, he talks about something else. And he said, there was a woman and she had some yeast. And I always carry yeast in my wallet. I don't know about the rest of you, but I always have a package of yeast around. No, I don't have yeast. I never use yeast. I don't have any use for yeast. My wife uses some yeast, but not me. But this lady had some yeast. She had it in a packet. It was just like this in Jesus' day. It's never changed as long as I've known. It's always been like this, and I'm sure it was like that. I don't know. But she had some yeast. It was in her life. She knew where it was. It was in her life. And so you got a guy, and he's got some seeds in his life, and you got a lady that's got some yeast in her life. It was in her life, but it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't doing anything. The seed was there. The yeast was there. But it wasn't doing anything. They weren't releasing it to do what it was supposed to do. It was just there. It was in their life. But one day, this guy said, I'm going to go plant this. I'm going to go plant this thing. I'm going to go let this do what it's supposed to do. And I want you to know, this is a really bad example. But in your mind, I want you, this is not mustard seed because I couldn't find none and I didn't look very hard. But I want you in your mind, this is mustard seed. And he said, I got this mustard seed and it's been with me for who knows how long. And I've had it with me and I'm, I'm going to go let that thing do what mustard seed does. I'm going to let it go. He, is, he, was, he, he said, I'm going to let it go. And so he put this little seed... And you wouldn't think that it would be that big of a difference. But it was. And he planted it and he allowed it to do what it was supposed to do. And I want you to read this here. And he says, uh, it's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. And it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air perched in its branches. Now, we bought a little place out in Niangua, and behind our house is a garden spot. And I, and I don't know, maybe some of you have a garden spot. When I was a kid, we had a garden spot, and it was about as big as this section. Eh, it was bigger than that. It was probably big as two, two of these sections. And I single-handedly put that garden in and did it all by myself. My mother says she did stuff. It was me. It was all me and no I but I did help but we had this garden spot and I just want you to know we did not have a tree in the middle of our garden spot if I would went out there and said you know what we need in the middle of this garden spot I would have loved to have a tree in our garden spot I would have planted it full of trees you know why I didn't want a garden spot but I, I never went out and said, you know what, Dad? You know what we need in our garden spot? We need a big old tree right in the middle of our garden spot. You know what my dad would have said? We ain't put no tree in the garden spot. If you have a tree in the garden spot, it's going to affect the whole garden spot. The whole garden spot will never be the same if there's a tree in the middle of it. I don't know if you understand what happens when you put a tree somewhere. But my dad planted a lot of alfalfa 
And we had a big old long alfalfa field and it had a big old bottom and it followed a creek down through there. And all along them creek, all along that creek was trees. There's all along the creek was trees. And all the alfalfa from about here to Kendra would be about this much shorter than the rest of it. Because them trees just suck the stuff out of it. The trees effect. All the trees down through there effect. And, and Jesus is saying, if you put a mustard tree in the middle of your garden spot, it affects the whole thing. The shade of it's going to mess things up. And it's not really messing it up. It's just, it's just going to affect it. It's going to have an effect on the whole thing. If you let me loosen your life, I'm going to affect everything. And then this lady, she, she had her yeast with her there. And she had this yeast and she'd been carrying it around. And she said, I'm going to let this stuff loose. I'm going to let this do what it does. And it says, if, if you read and you look a little bit, it says it, was, it, it affected about 60 pounds of flour. If you drop yeast, if you drop yeast in flour, you can't get it back out. You can't, it, it, and it's done. And whatever it does, it's already done. And you can't, and it, and it does it. And, it's, and it just moves and works and goes through it. And I don't understand how it works. But if you put it in there, it affects everything. Desiree, you're a baker. You let yeast le go and it's, you can't get it back, can you? It's done. It goes. And it affects everything. And so when she re- released it, it, re- it, it affected everything it touched. The seed affected the whole garden when it was released. The yeast affected all the pl- power, pl- flour when it was re- released. And Jesus says, listen to me now. And this is what he's trying to grab these words and say, how do I how do, I do this? He says, when you release me and my authority and my leadership in your life, it affects everything in your life. It's not in your life anymore. It's not in this packet. It's in you, and it affects everything. It's not something I do. It's everything. It's not something that I'm on, 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 I do on Sunday. It's Monday through Friday, and it's 24-7. It's in everything I do. And these people come and they ask these questions and they were fine with God in their life. They were fine with the seeds in the package. They were fine with that. And, and, and they liked it. And, and the truth was, lots of times they would come to Jesus and they'd go, what, what is the kingdom of God? Have you ever, have you ever done something and done the best job you could do at it, and then you ask somebody what they think of it. I've done this countless times in my home over the last couple of years as we've been going through, and, and I'll get something done, and, and I'll be like, what do you think? And you know what I'm really wanting? I just really want my wife to say, baby, that's the best I ever seen. That looks awesome. That is awesome. But you know what she does? <laughs> You're going to leave that like that? She'll fi- inevitably, she'll find what's wrong with it, you know? <laughs> and I'll be like, and I've already seen it, and I know that it's not quite right, but I was just really hoping that she wouldn't see it, you know? I was just hoping it would be good enough. 
You know, we made this home rustic. means rustic. It means like it doesn't have to be right. But she'll go, you going to leave that like that? And so these guys come to Jesus, and, and when they're asking him about the kingdom of God, they think they're doing it right. They really do. They think they've got it all. I mean, they're going to synagogue, and they're doing all the things, and they're doing all the feasts, and they come to Jesus, and they go, tell me about the kingdom of God. And he goes, you're doing it all wrong. What? And I thought about that because sometimes when Cindy tells me stuff like that, I know she's right. I know she's right. I just don't want to do it her way. I don't want to do it the right. I don't want to make it right. I don't want to. She came in the other day and she goes, you're going to leave that like that? No. I know it's not right. I just don't want to do it. We've got this brick chimney that sits in our house and it is ugly. Oh, it's ugly. It's not brick. It's cement blocks and it was painted red and we've painted up to it white and so we've got this white half and it's right as soon as you open the door it just greets you and goes bleh and it's ugly and Cindy goes you ever gonna rock that thing yes I just don't want to I don't want to and they come, and, they, and I don't know why they think they're going to sneak something by Jesus or what. And they go, what's the kingdom of God like? Because this is what I'm doing. And he goes, are you going to fix that? I really didn't want to. You know it's not right. And, and, and folks, I'm telling you, we come. And we're part of this. And you know something's wrong. But when it comes down to it, you just don't want to let God loose. The truth is, we just don't want to let God loose. I know it's wrong. I know I'm not where I need to be. I got Jesus in my life. I got him in my life. I carry him around. got him in my pocket. got him around. He's here. But I'm really afraid of what my life would look like if I turned him loose. Because if I turn him loose, he's going to affect everything. And people say that they want God, but the truth of the matter is they don't want him loose in everything. And Jesus says the very first thing we're supposed to free, pray is, I want you to be in everything. I want you to affect Everything. But you have to release him in your life. My granny lived to be 100 years old. Probably the greatest gardener I ever knew. And when she died, I remember we was over at her house and we was going through stuff. And she had this cabinet and it was about this big, about that tall. We opened that up and it was hundreds of these. And most of them a lot of them weren't even ever opened. She just, you know, she was, a, she was a cheap old woman. I mean, that's the way she was. And if she'd see them, she'd wait till stuff would go on sale and they'd be like five cents a piece and she'd buy a whole bunch of them. And she, she had them with her. But I mean, there, there was enough stuff in there. I remember my dad opening it up and he goes, you could plant a thousand gardens with all this stuff. 
I'm being real, I'm being real honest with you this morning. I think Jesus was really honest that day. And I don't know who you are, but I know it's true. Some of you have Jesus in your life. And you've got all of him you want. I would really rather not say the things that I've got to say this morning, but you've got all of him you want. I see him a little bit. I, I go and I'm part of the church, and you might be a really, you might be an active part of the church, but you've got all of him you want. And he desperately wants you to let him loose. Because Jesus in your pocket. Jesus in the package isn't what he's called for. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is he's loosing everything. And he's affecting everything. The way I talk, the way I think, the way I spend my money, the way I look at life, the way I, the way I look at security in my life, the way I, the way I raise my kids, the, the lessons I want them to learn, everything, the, the way I spend my time, the way I spend my mornings, the way I spend my evenings, the, the time, and it's not Jesus in my life, it's Jesus affecting my whole life. And Jesus says, and he's, he's got this, he knows what it is, he knows what it looks like, he knows what it looks like, I know what it looks like. And I am standing in front of you this morning and I'm telling you, I have the same words. How do I, how do I tell you this? I feel Jesus' heart here this morning because for this past about four or five days, I'm just like, how do I say this? How do I say this? How do I communicate this to your people, God? How do I communicate this? So I just gave up and I said, okay, I'll just read your words and you do it. The kingdom of God in your life, the thing that we are supposed to pray for before we pray anything else, is him affecting everything. It's not Jesus in my life. It's Jesus is my life. I want us to stand. I want to have the praise team come. We're going to sing a song this morning. It's Jesus, Jesus, take me over now. I surrender. I surrender. I don't know where you are. But I will tell you this. It's easy to have Jesus in your life. I've been there. Shoot, I've been there. I've been there. There's been times where Cindy and I, as, as young married people, we were following Jesus, and then I just sometimes it was just like we had Jesus there, but we weren't all out everything, and you know we had some other things. You got four kids. Sometimes the 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 weight of just living becomes your life. I can remember that. I remember we was working. Me and Travis Replova worked together up at Mid-Am, and that was my life. I had Jesus there. We'd go to church on Sunday and things like that. Jesus was there. 
But I hadn't set him, I wasn't setting him loose to do everything. I remember when I really completely set him loose, I got called to preach. And I remember people telling me, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. I, had, I was working down at the lumberyard, and they go, what, what does that mean? You, you've got a call to preach. That seems kind of dumb to me. Kind of felt like I'd planted a tree in the middle of my garden spot. People were like, well, that's dumb. It affects everything. It affects everything. And the world will tell you, that's dumb. Man, I never regret letting loose Jesus in my life. I never regret that. I never regret that. The altars are open this morning. If you'd like to come and pray, we want to invite you to come and pray. If you have a friend that comes up and you'd like to pray with your friend, come pray with your friend this morning. We're just going to open up the altars and worship here this morning. But ask yourself, is Jesus in my life? And have I really let him loose? Have I opened it up and let him loose to do whatever he wants to do in my life this morning? He's speaking to somebody this morning. I know he is. I know he is. And you can leave here like this. Or you can leave here and have him affect every part of your life. Let him have his way this morning. Let the kingdom rule in your life this morning. Come as we sing this morning. If the Lord's speaking to you, let him have his way.